0: Okay, we already previewed uh, kind of the game of the week in Arkansas, Texas A&M. You could check that out, but this is dropping uh, on a Friday, and it's the true game of the week: Mizzou, Boston College, the one you are all watching. Jake Leifeld with me. Um, let, let's get into it. Mizzou, two and one so far this year. The loss to Kentucky. What are your general thoughts in the young season?
1: Uh, the offense looks pretty good, but yeah. The run defense is just terrible. The defense overall isn't very good, at all. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Um, my key is so we were just discussing the stat line for Dennis Garcelle, our backup quarterback, because Dracovic gets injured. Just so it's the yeah. worst when you have an injury, you know, early in the year for your college football team. Um, but he he threw only thirteen passes for thirty four yards. It was basically a yard a yard per attempt uh and we dominated like we dominated how do you do that in a 28-3 win so that's my only thing is it had he had to have been keeping off of tape plays for Gersell for mizzou because i mean that game was over temple like why do anything to possibly help you game plan
1: that's got to be it and your run game's pretty good right i mean obviously it is if you are able to run on them that much i mean temple's not very good but still
0: right and that's kind of what we're gonna have to do because yeah i've got the stat for you here it's not great only teams worse at rush defense in terms of yards per game than mizzou western kentucky rice charlotte and northern illinois uh yeah that's
1: that seems about right uh (laughs) yeah i was excited about steve wilkes coming in but But I don't know what the deal is, but I don't know if it's scheme or what, but I'm not impressed so far with them.
0: But I am impressed with your rush offense on the other side of things too, because that's, I think, first of all, I don't get the Vegas line. I think BC is simply a better team, but I guess it it is pretty tight. Um, I guess we'll find out on Saturday, but the key for you guys, I think is going to be, I'm worried, because based on that stat line for Dennis Garcelle, how are we going to be able to go blow for blow if you're able to figure out our defense? Because uh, you got a decent quarterback. If you can get the run game going, the pass game is going to follow suit. That's how you win that game.
1: Yeah. Tyler Beatty has been really good. Basil looks pretty good. Um, he struggles with the deep ball a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's just a good, he's a good solid quarterback, but if we can figure out how to stop the run, I really like our chances. Um, your quarterback stat line from last week. Yeah. Hopefully they were just hiding scheme or something. But right. if he plays that bad again, or if that's what they plan on doing, I really like Mizzou's chances.
0: That wouldn't get it done against Bishop Sycamore. Um, <laughs> what, what
1: do you make of your coach, Drinkwitz?
0: What is he doing where he comes out and he says, I don't really want to go do this game. I don't. What are we doing here? I want to play a regional game.
1: I don't know what the deal with that was. I mean, Halfley said, like, I don't think he meant anything by yeah. it. I saw that, but I think he kind of, I would take a little bit of offense to that. I mean, it was like you're giving kind of us a, weird a thing to just say. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like he's I old, like he's, him. Yeah. I like him. Uh, I think he's good at recruiting. Like, I think he's got that going for him, but I'm not like totally bought in on Autumn right. at all yet.
0: Well, after Barry Odom, I mean, you guys have to miss Gary Pinkle, right? Because Odom oh, was yeah. one game over 500, and then you get Drinkwitz. Okay, let's go. And then you literally go 500 last year.
1: Yeah, Barry Odom was just absolutely terrible. The Wyoming game, we always joke about this. He was like, the altitude only affects you if you think about it or (laughs) let it. It's like, no, it's pretty scientific. uh, Just tough it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
0: No, I I couldn't believe with Drinkwitz, And yeah, so he's the former App State coach. So, I mean, he came in. He was a sought-after coach. um, But then he comes back and covers his ass with, no, you know, I'm excited. My family's out there touring Boston. Uh, okay, cool. You know, Halfley's yeah, but- like, so you you kind of are lukewarm. You're asking your coach to prove it. I love Halfley because he comes back and yeah, he says no. Hey, we're good. But his response was so great. He's basically saying, "Shit, we'll go play anywhere," you know, which was so yeah. badass. He's like, "We'll have fun doing it and get better every game." Yeah, is great. I like
1: him. Yeah.
0: I, I'm worried because the USC job comes open, and now you're hearing all the
1: like, I don't want them flirting with my guy. I was going to text you and joke about that, but I wasn't sure.
0: How Dude,
1: Sorry, coward, uh, <laughs> coward
0: literally uh, came out. He's been doing this like Instagram villain stuff where he's just giving like vague responses about how he hears from sources that the incoming, you know, hot list for their coaches. The wife loves the good weather in California. And I'm literally like looking up Halfley's wife, where she's from. And shit. <laughs> I'm
1: so, yeah, so, I don't blame you. Scared. I could see him. That would be. Seems like it would be a good fit.
0: Right. But um, Ryder cup starts tomorrow. How jacked are you?
1: I'm, ex- I'm extremely pumped. I'm working from home today. I've been watching the, you know, the practice rounds and stuff. Yep. It's going to be sweet. The crowd's already going nuts.
0: What, what could you tell me about whistling straights as it's back on home soil?
1: Um, I've never played there. I know a couple people that have, I know it's difficult. It's like, it's a lot it's designed after a lot of the european courses you know on the water a lot of wind it's cooler up there it was like 48 this morning while they were playing so that's like advantage europeans
2: yeah
1: the americans it's minus 215 for the americans to win i think that's way too heavy of a favorite i think we're better but i think it's gonna be close i mean I was
0: shocked to uh, see this. Europe's won four of the last five, seven of the
1: last nine.
0: Um, yeah, nine
1: of the last 12. They've dominated <laughs> the past like 25 years. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: so that starts tomorrow. You're a pretty damn good golfer yourself. What's your record so far? Uh, what's the low score
1: on the summer? 79 this summer. <laughs> but uh, I followed that up with like two weeks later, I went and played with Gray at his country club, and I shot a 100. Yeah. so
0: That's the game of golf. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to 90. I'm, I'm trying to shave that. There you go. Uh, hopefully. Uh, let's talk some SDL Cardinals. Holy shit. I mean, they're losing right now, but don't ever count them out on yeah. this streak. Uh, we got to go to this. Wild, well, it's going to be in L.A. So that's what's crazy is, hey, this is awesome. Uh, Is it going to be the Dodgers? I think the Giants who I can't believe what the Giants are doing this year, which has been incredible. Yeah, they're but, good. Uh Cardinals likely securing the wild card spot and it's been a hell of a September.
1: Yeah. Uh I have the I have their win total above 86 and a half. Wow. So this win streak has made that seem like it's looks like it's gonna happen. Yeah. I have a future on them for the World Series too. Um but yeah, they're losing right now. Wayno just threw a cutter. That was an absolute meatball. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think having it be a one game series, the wild card Mm -hmm. against the, I think it'll be the Dodgers. I think that helps us because I don't see us beating them in a five or seven game series. They're just too good.
0: And honestly, it's like over the last decade, I'd rather, we've kind of had the Dodgers number in the playoffs as opposed to the giants having ours. I can't believe this giants team, Darren Ruff, Brandon Belt, Crawford, Posey takes a year off, comes back. He's basically an all-star, I think he was. Evan Longoria, uh, I mean, that's crazy. And but the Cardinals, what's awesome too is like it's kind of like the Nationals a couple of years ago when they won it as a wild card team. Like as you said, if we can, if we show up and somehow one game beat the Dodgers just because it's one game, anything can happen. Then what? What our confidence level's got to be through the roof.
1: I think at that point. If we get to that point and get to the playoffs, I think we would be one Dangerous. of the teams to beat. Yes, yes. for
0: sure. <laughs> We'd have to go to a playoff game. We'll make it happen. Oh, that. yeah, absolutely. Um, lastly, we'll get you out of here, Jake Liefeld. Um, what do you make of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC eventually?
1: Um, I like it. No. I think, uh, I like everyone's saying, we're going to go to the, what is it, like the four super conferences or whatever. Yeah. I think those are two good teams to bring in. I hate Texas, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I think they'll struggle if when they come over, but I think they could have some good seasons, kind of similar to Mizzou.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a, they're going to find out just how tar, uh, tough the SEC is. Just look what happened against Arkansas. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's good. As soon as the SEC network became a thing, this was inevitable. It became yeah. a super conference. Everyone saw the money and they're going to it. Um, that's good stuff. Uh, Jake Liefeld, appreciate the time. And let's yep. see what happens on Saturday, brother.
1: All right, man. I'll be texting you.
0: All right. Welcome in. You just heard an extensive recap, deep dive, or excuse me, not a recap, a deep dive into Boston College, Mizzou. We're going to be posting this on a Friday. Uh, something that I'm excited to get into is fantasy football. Obviously, I've been into it, but talking more about it, bringing it to our podcast network, Ricky Larson, he's the host of Lucky Shots One Word Media uh, lucky shots. One word. Space media. Great job, what you do, Ricky. Me and you in a past life, South Dakota baseball. We we were uh, in the in the weeds there doing uh, some South Dakota baseball. But you have great graphics work, great fantasy football, uh, and your own podcast now. So a little bit about yourself and what our partnership is going to be going forward.
2: Yeah. Uh, so just every week we dive into uh, what what's going on fantasy football wise. Uh, we cover, you know, injuries, roster moves, things like that. Uh, kind of talk about matchups uh, every week, you know, cause that's a big part of fantasy football is who's playing who and how does that defense stack up against say your wide receivers, things like that. Um, so just try to get into that. Um, give everybody the best, uh knowledge I have of you know this is what I think is going to happen this week this is why things kind of like that uh yeah just kind of getting started up and and uh you know things will probably change on what we cover how we cover it but right now it's just a lot of hey this guy's hot this guy's not this matchup looks good uh pull the trigger on this guy things kind of like that Lucky Shots Media is the place. They did great work. A weekly show
0: every week. Great graphics. Great fantasy advice. Uh, We get a bonus here from Ricky Larson. We're talking UFC 266. Um, Two title fights. And then, of course, we're trudging out. Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, too, like as they're both wheeling each other out, uh, <laughs> one of them is on a walker. Let's start there. How about the quote today or the interview that he did with one of the ESPN guys? Nick Diaz saying he should fight Kamaro Usman instead instead of Robbie Lawler. That fight would not even last like Usman would kill him before the before he re- parked his car in the parking lot. Um what are you expecting from a five-round match? Robbie Lawler versus, uh, versus Nick Diaz too, and both these guys is basically into their well into their 30s. Right. I
2: mean, the last time we saw uh, Nick fight was in 2015. Yeah. Uh, quite a while ago. I mean, up until that point, two of his last three fights were for a championship. Uh, fought Carlos Condit for the interim title. And lost that. Fought GSP. And GSP, let's be honest, is one of the greatest of to ever race that sport. Um, he And he only has one win inside the UFC. And that was against BJ Penn. Uh, So that's a that's a good name. But, you know, you haven't fought for six years, period. And then you're coming into the UFC, you're fighting a guy who honestly was at the top of that division for, you know, a year or two, um, who in his own right hasn't fought in a while. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. The Diaz brothers are always a good time. Well,
0: so when most recently Nate Diaz fought and it was crazy. I remember watching this fight. Yeah. It was, he was like, he was a plot. It was almost like he won the fight just for like having a chin. Everyone, even though Leon Edwards destroyed him, everyone walked away. was like, damn, Diaz looked great. (laughs) It was like, what the hell? Um, I got some great stats for you. Uh, Nick Diaz hasn't won a fight in almost 10 years. um, Robbie Lawler, it's one in five in his last six fights. His only win against Cowboy Cerrone. Which he's also on his walker as well, so. Exactly, yeah. It was at the nursing home. It was actually, it was held (laughs) at
2: the nursing home.
0: Um, Yeah, so it's going to be, it's a great fight to add on to a card. You know what I'm saying? As a five-rounder.
2: Two title fights and,
0: you know. And so you, you and me both are guys that are going to be buying the pay-per-view no matter what. They always do oh, a great sure. job. Um, so that's the first fight. Then we get Shevchenko. I mean, this is dominant. The It's not even worth betting. She's so much of a favorite. Severed, uh, excuse me, seven straight wins for her, six straight in title fights. But I love looking at one of my favorite things about UFC. And like, I'm so, I want to reiterate this. Like I didn't get into it until the pandemic forced me onto the ufc and then right. i just i was obsessed with it much like you probably were the first time you laid eyes upon it yeah i was um, a kid when i
2: first saw the ufc and right in, yeah ever since. yeah you're a veteran no <laughs> i know
0: uh lauren murphy i've mm-hmm. watched her in a couple of fights and i love so here's my thing is like i love looking how they enter the ring i don't know you know that doesn't work for every fight but i like just kind of seeing what you know in the ben askren fight against jake paul You could tell in the weigh-in. Holy shit, that dude looks like he could get beat up by a hobo. Like, he doesn't take this seriously. Lauren Murphy looks jacked. Now, Shevchenko's no one to fucking discount, but I always get worried about this stuff with her and the Lioness. Always so big favorites, dominant in their sport. Can they be toppled?
2: I mean, it's kind of hard. You look at Shevchenko, and her last loss was 2017 to Nunez, who she's lost to twice. She only has three losses and both those losses have been real close decisions. Uh, So obviously she's, she's incredible. Uh, She's finished four of her last seven, but you look at Murphy, she's not a slouch, you know, I mean, seven and four in the UFC, she's on a five fight win streak. My only problem there besides going up against somebody as dominant as Shevchenko is if this does go to round four, round five, Murphy's never been there. She's only been in three round right. fights right. in the UFC, at least. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be that guy, but I don't think she's going to make it out of the first two rounds.
0: And that's the trouble with these kind of fights is like Dana white and company. They're just looking for someone to sell the fight because right. Nunez and her are so dominant that it's like, who, who can actually let la- these, these girls haven't, la- they don't even get to fight in these five round matchups.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, you saw it when Ronda Rousey first came in, right? And everybody's like, "No one's gonna beat her." So eventually, there's gonna be somebody. Yes, but I, I have no idea. I think those two, even though it's, it's still a two, long while away, I mean, from what we've seen, yeah. And even though it's you know two and zero oh in the uh, Nunez corner, I think these two just need to fight again because they're the only two people really that are competitive for each other. Right. Um, it seems like everybody else is just it's like, like they're saving that, you know, yeah.
0: I, I feel like they're saving John bones Jones too, for one of these fights. Like they, they just got him waiting the whims, Right. Um. Okay. Last UFC question. Then we'll get to fantasy football, the title fight. So mm-hmm. volkanowski like, so again, I'm like, you know, a newbie. I have mm-hmm. finally started watching it the last two years. I saw the second fight versus him versus Holloway. And I know the first one, it's debatable. People thought Holloway should have won. Second one, I thought Holloway should have won.
2: Yeah, it was it was both of them were real close. Real, right. real good to watch. Um, you know, I I like Volkanovsky. I'm I'm kind of biased towards him so obviously i thought he won that last fight uh
0: well, well to your point like i will say like after kind of reviewing it after the shock of initially seeing it i was like holy shit yeah he does a great job of just extending and keep and almost almost not giving away the first couple fights but su- su- saving his energy to explode in the last three and kind of like shocking your mind like wait a second where did this come from did he steal this fight
2: yeah, it's it's crazy. He he's like a master of control in there, right? You know, he may not go out there and you know, like some guys go out there and blow themselves up in the first couple of rounds. Sure, he's very smart, and I I mean that's obviously why he's only lost once in his life. Um, but I mean, he's just. It's very sneaky, and that's why in some fights you're like, ah, did he really win? But you go back and you, like, watch the whole fight. He just controls everything, and nothing really ever gets out of his control.
0: So I haven't really seen Ortega fight. Um, So 2018 was – yeah, I know. Like, I know he's in the – what he fought – what is it? The uh, Contender Series, or they're both a a fighter series that they were doing against each
2: other? it was quite a while ago, but, uh, yeah, he – his last loss was to Holloway who Volkanovski's right. you know, had two real tough fights against. And that was his only loss. I'm I believe. Correct. Uh, and it was a doctor stoppage. Yeah. So that, that's, what's crazy do- is he lost
0: to Holloway who, again, it's kind of two, two really great fights between Volkanovsky and Holloway. So Ortega loses to Holloway at the end of 18, as you said, Dr. stoppage at the end of round four. So we made yeah. it to round four. Um so, again, just looking at the pre-fight promos, which they do a great job with these promos. I eat them up. Volkanovski looked old. And Ortega kind of looks like, holy crap, I'm about, to, I'm about to re-announce myself. Now, again, his most recent fight, it was a fight night, and I didn't see. This was when I was a UFC fan, but it was one of those fight nights that, like, you could right. skip over and not realize. But Ortega dominated the Korean Zombie. And he looks like a guy that could certainly give the champ a run for his money.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, if you've watched any of his fights, even in the Holloway fight, I mean, Holloway was on a different level as it was. Probably would have won that fight if it went to decision anyway. But Ortega is another controlled guy. You know, he gets you wrapped up and it's over. You know, if and I mean, Volkanovsky, you know, he's a he's a scrapper as well. Um, but if you look at Ortega, he's got three submissions, three knockouts in the UFC. Um, he's a guy that goes out there, controls you and finishes you, you know? So it'll, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, Ortega is another guy I like, so I'm going to have a hard time, you know, choosing between who, you know, I want to win that fight. Former high
0: school Wyoming wrestler Ricky Larson with us. Great graphics guy, too, and excellent fantasy football knowledge. Check him out. Lucky Shots Media. We're going to do a partnership for the football. I'll be giving some betting picks. You can check that out tomorrow on Friday on their YouTube page. And you can check this out tomorrow uh, on our respective page for the fantasy football advice on Corbett's Corner. Um, So let's get to it. I'm going to give you my NFL DraftKings lineup. You'll kind yeah. of comment on it, and then I want to get your thoughts on your top quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, plus your value plays at each of those. Um, okay, so here's my lineup. I love me some Mahomes, no matter what. Oh, yeah. Mahomes, uh,
2: I, but worth it.
0: Right, right, right. Little expensive. I, I, I would do that. Edwards-Hilaire, just because he's 4800 this week, coming yeah. off of, and he burned me. Don't get me wrong, Ricky. I mean, he burned me, but. Uh, talk about him a little bit he hasn't really lived up to his potential albeit only what
2: a sophomore one game into a sophomore campaign yeah i mean his the view of him in fantasy football is a little skewed um mm-hmm. for some reason last year he was one of the top running backs taken yeah there was just a bunch of hype i mean he was a first rounder right he wasn't given a fair shake really because expectations were so high and it wasn't like he went out and was absolutely awful last year he was middle of the pack kind of where you should expect somebody like him uh the only problem with him in my eyes is he was brought in as a receiving back because that's what he did in college and you just you don't really see a whole lot of that and when he goes out and puts the ball on the ground to cost your team a game. And even in fantasy, you know, if you're in a close game and you're you're running back fumbles, that's yeah. that costs a lot of people. some. yeah. Man. So, I mean, it, he's not terrible. He's just a guy you would have to temper your expectations. Sure. Be something a little smaller than what you would expect.
0: Yeah, I'm mainly playing the number there. I mean, 4800 for a guy that could potentially bounce back. I don't know. Um, what do you think about Bengals players this year? I'm playing Mixon and Higgins in my current lineup. Jamar Chase has been solid. Uh, I know Higgins is questionable, but Mixon is turning into a. You know, he's almost
2: knocking on the door of Cook class at that RB one. So I before the season was not was not into Joe Mixon. He was I? Yeah. Last year, you know, he's always had kind of injury troubles. He's been hyped up to be something that I thought he was not. And at least for these first two weeks of the season, he's lived up to what his hype is supposed to be. You know, he's right now by far looking like the best player on that offense. And he's going out and performing. He's getting involved in the passing game a little bit. He's running the ball hard. You know, he's turning himself into one of those top running backs that you want in your lineup every week. Right.
0: Um. It's and that game is interesting too, because I was on the Bengals when they beat the Vikings. Great. Then I was, uh, I was hesitant because this game was interesting. I thought the bears at home would win, you know, like just one of those football games and burrow looked. With- bad but coming off of that i think that the i, I ever since the steelers were nine and oh last year and big ben like clearly showed that he could not quite throw the same it's been an odd team to kind of handicap see what's going on yeah. a lot of people like the Bengals division matchup here and if it is a random i mean look what the texans are doing right now last time we checked i mean it's a close game if this is another bounce back for burrow in a good offense and a decent defense against a lackluster Roethlisberger, it's going to be an interesting divisional game.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing I probably like the most out of this game is the defense just because Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's offense hasn't, you know, showed a whole lot. Um, But if I was to really go with any offensive piece besides Mixon, I would say T Higgins, uh, I'm a guy who in fantasy, if I'm going to bet on somebody, I want to bet on somebody with volume and he's kind of the target hog there. Uh, He's going to get a lot of touches, which touches equals opportunity, which leads to points at some point. Um, He doesn't have that big play. uh, I don't want to say ability, but that big play opportunity, because those are going to Jamar chase. Yeah. But he's still got a chance to get in the end zone. He's got a chance to get you six to eight catches. So I, I think he'd be probably the best value from the Bengals.
0: And if it's a shootout, they're going to be looking for receivers, right? Yeah. Um, Boy- yeah I've I drafted Boyd kind of as a flyer too, and he lackluster in week one, looked decent week two. I still think as an offense that Burrow's going to be heavily passing in. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of Bengals options there. Um. Okay, so I took Marvin Jones Jr. last week was decent against the Jaguars. Jaguars overall disappointing, but they've had some stars fantasy-wise. Cooper right. Cup obviously was the talk of last week. I'm picking both of them for my lineup this week at receiver.
2: That I like that. I mean, who do we? Oh goodness, I'm gonna have to get into who they're playing. So you got Cooper cup against Tampa Bay. That's, that's yeah. So that's tough. tough. That's yeah, tough. That's a bit of a tough matchup, but with the way that the Rams are, they've got Robert Woods as well. They have Tyler Higby. I got to stop you there. I also got Woods as my flex.
0: So I I'm kind of banking on maybe the Rams shock the Buccaneers. It might be depending on how you, the individual views that game going.
2: But, I mean, if you look at the way the Cowboys game went with Tampa Bay, yeah, I would put the Rams offense in that same kind of category as Dallas where they've got all those weapons and you saw C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper yeah. both have great games. So, I don't think that Tampa Bay's – I think where Tampa Bay's defense's uh, strength is is running. Yeah. So – Outside of that, I think there's value in both cup and woods. And if you can get them both on your team and keep yourself in that salary cap, then that's, that's a great play right there.
0: Last thing I had for my lineup. We don't have to discuss it much. I got Hawkinson. I mean, t- tight ends, always a position. You can play the favorites cards defense. I'm hoping for a bounce back. I know the Vikings uh, don't look good on paper overall, but the offense you can't deny Kirk cousins looks solid. You know, so we'll see what yeah. they do against Seattle.
2: Well, in the the uh, whole Vikings offense, it just it kind of looks weird right now. Yeah, um, they don't have a tight end. And you have K.J. Osborne, who's pretty much mm-hmm. stepped in and been, you know, he's not a tight end, but he's been that uh, target guy, you know, eating up what Irv Smith would be having. um which, you know, not a lot of people saw. And he's, he's a value, I would think, at a flex position in a game against Seattle where Seattle's defense necessarily isn't great either. Great point. Speaking of value, let's get your plays value.
0: Quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, the flex position. Ricky Larson, uh, host of Lucky Shots Media, give them a follow on YouTube, Twitter, et cetera. Great stuff. Every week they do a great breakdown show. And we're going to be collaborating throughout the season on our podcast, his podcast. Uh, so let's wrap up some value plays you
2: have for us here on Corbett's Corner. So, I mean, for quarterback, I'd say uh, they haven't looked great this year. This offense hasn't, uh, but Matt Ryan against the Giants. yeah, only that. He's only 5,400. So that's a, that's a real good value against the defense. Yes. We just yes. saw Taylor Heineke, a backup quarterback go out. Yes and throw 50 times and they won the game and he had quite a, quite a good game. The Giants defense isn't necessarily great. And I think this as a whole is a great bounce back game for the Falcons. And I I think it's one that's going to be kind of a shootout to be honest. So that's who I would say the value uh, for quarterback would be right there. Honestly, at running back, uh, he's 5,700, so he's not going to break the bank, but he's on a high-value side. Chase Edmonds against yeah, Jacksonville. solid. Um, he's obviously the number one guy, and he's getting more involved in the passing game. And if you're in a PPR, and I believe uh, DraftKings does run PPR. I'm yes, not too correct. Yep. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, he – he's a guy that's going to get quite a bit this, this week. Um, and if Jacksonville does any sort of keeping up with Arizona, he's going to continue to be in the passing game. And if not, he'll get a lot of running work
0: to your point. I think he went 14 points, 15 points and basically just
2: solid, efficient work. Yeah, exactly. He's not, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to blow up, but it's just a solid play. Yeah. Yeah. If 15 Points that's solid from a running back every week um let's see i'd say oof, wide receiver is a little tough um always is you know this is where i would probably spend up uh, a little bit for your wide receivers some guy that is kind of in the middle Um, going back to a matchup we just talked about, but Sterling Shepard against the Atlanta defense, Yes, he's only 5,900. So kind of middle of the bank there, but he's a guy who these past two weeks, he has been the guy for the Giants offense, a lot of targets, what more can you ask for from a wide receiver?
0: Dependent a couple years with Jones now. And as you said, we both expect this to be a shootout. I also like where your head's at because I'm hoping Atlanta's gonna win, as we talked <laughs> about earlier, but uh we'll see. We'll find there's gonna be one one of those franchises gonna find a way to just lose embarrassingly for uh, sure. Hopefully then, a good fantasy game, though.
2: And then one more wide receiver just above them, about six thousand. Uh, but he had a huge week last week and he's going against the Jets defense, Cortland Sutton. yeah, I think he's really starting to solidify his spot in that Denver offense. Uh, Jerry Judy going down, being out for a bit. We saw a lot of volume go to Cortland Sutton and against a Jets defense that isn't great nope. and a Jets nope. offense that gives the ball away quite a bit. The offense is going to have quite a few chances to go out there and make something happen. So I think Cortland Sutton as well would be a great value.
0: What was interesting with Sutton was week one was kind of an anomaly, right? Like he like he's always going to get targets in week one, a dominant win. He just didn't get fantasy numbers, but he bounced back in a big way in week two. Well,
2: yeah, and I, I think that had a lot to do with he needed to trust himself coming off of uh, that knee injury. Yeah. You know, he got a little bit in yeah. preseason, you know, full game speed against a real opponent. I think he just kind of had to work his way back in. And last week, if you had questions, if, is he back? I think he answered them last week. Um, yeah. And then if I was to go with a tight end, mm, all right, hear me out. I I bet on him last week too. And one called back touchdown kind of screwed that over, but, uh, Jared cook, you know, uh, the Kansas City defense—they're not terrible, but we saw last week, you know, and susceptible. The week, and Week One, yeah, they they do give up passing yards. And Cook is a guy who gets quite a few targets. Herbert likes throwing to him, and last week had that touchdown to Jared Cook. Not got called back one I would have been a little closer in my fantasy matchup but two he, he would have actually been a top 10 tight end last week right and you know for only let's see 3,900 he's somebody that if you want to spend up on wide receivers if you want to spend up on a quarterback he's going to be there not breaking your bank as opposed to if you want Travis Kelsey who's at 8,000 you know
0: Tied in such a lucrative position because there's always those guys at the top. Uh, I was on, I thought you were going to say Higby. I was on Higby huge the second week and he was just a ghost town. He, he did not show up.
2: Yeah. He's a guy I was kind of high on going into the season. Yeah. Uh, same. Yeah. seeing Matt Stafford in uh, LA he's just
0: got so many weapons.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of the problem with some of those offenses is right. who do you bet on? Because there's so many places for the ball to go you don't know who's going to be that guy. Sure. He's Ricky Larson. You're going to be hearing a
0: lot from him over the course of the season on the Corbett sports entertainment uh, podcast network. I encourage you to check out his podcast, lucky shots, one word space media. They do uh, about a two hour show every single week. It's fantastic. Great graphics. They dissect the entire uh, headlines and then break down the fantasy impacts. Ricky, we've been working together, uh, you know, in our professional careers earlier in the decade. Uh, Great to get this partnership going and appreciate you stopping by.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and uh, enjoyed having you on a few days ago. That'll come out tomorrow. So excited to just see where this goes and have a lot of fun doing it.
0: Yes, sir. The NFL season in full effect. Check out my picks on his podcast tomorrow on his YouTube channel. Lucky Shots, one word, space media. Uh, Ricky, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you.